0: Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Obadiah Smith. I'm back, Jim. Obadiah, so glad to see you anytime, anywhere, and especially today. (laughs) All right. And you know, uh, we are just a few weeks into the new year. We've celebrated Christmas. Yes. And uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to you about Christmas
1: much because I haven't seen you since the holiday, but I'm guessing you were blessed. Oh, yes. Had family around. We had dinner and just excited about the birth of Christ. And did you get any presents this last Christmas? You know what? Yes, I did. My son got me a pair of Nike. Nike tennis shoes. Whoa, Nike tennis (laughs) shoes. Yes, we spent some money. They're styling. (laughs) They came from the family, (laughs) and and they're looking good. Yes, they are. I just got to get a good pair of jeans.
0: (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's the trouble with uh, clothing, isn't it? You get one piece, and then that leads to the next piece because we got to do the whole head-to-toe (laughs) deal. That's right. But you know, Obadiah, as we're talking about that new pair of Nikes, uh, there's some spiritual truth there, because when you walk outside, you've got some new shoes on. Yes. You've got a little extra spring in the step, don't you? That's right. That is true. I mean, new clothes, (laughs) something new to wear, always gives us a little bit of pop and sizzle that we might not have had
1: otherwise. And other things that match the decor.
0: That's right. Even a pair of shoes, you might just mix and match some old clothing, but it's all going to look new. That's right. Because those shoes are stylish. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well... That's our series here on Viewpoint as we break into this new year. It's called New Clothes. And while we all understand the power of something new to wear on the outside, to just give us a little more confidence or security, the power of new clothing on the inside can truly transform us. And the truth be told, all of us understand what it is to carry some clothes on our heart that maybe nobody else can see, but it affects the way we're seen because we know there's something stained by shame or there's something that we wish we hadn't have done. We wish we could just go back and replay that. And all of those kind of tear up, tatter, stain the clothes of our soul. And it translates directly into the way in which we interact with the world around us, how we're perceived We all need new clothes from time to time, and we're here to tell you that you can have new clothes. It may not be a new pair of shoes, may not be a new jacket, but inside of you, you can be dressed fresh and clean, and folks, I promise you, that will change the way you walk into this year, 2016. Obadiah, in these last few weeks on Viewpoint, we've been talking about new clothes and talking about some great figures in history and figures who walked the pages of the Bible who had a chance to take off the old stuff and put yes. on something new. We've talked about people like Peter, for instance, the follower of Jesus, the Peter the Apostle, uh, such a commanding figure on the stage of the New Testament and actually in history. But here's a guy who had some pretty raunchy clothes on at a time. You know, he... He could not even acknowledge that he knew Jesus at the most desperate moment in Jesus' life. And you know that that made him feel awful. Yes. And yet Jesus gave him a new set of clothes. At the end of John's gospel, we read about it. Jesus says, you know what, Peter, I'm going to give you some new clothes, some new assignments, some new things to think about. And Peter walks away and he's feeling better. He's feeling good. Yes. We've talked about David, King David. Oh, David. Talk about a guy. There's a guy who knew how to dress up. Yes, he did. But he also knew how to mess up. Yes. And he had several mess ups in his life, even as he was described as the friend of God, a man after God's own heart. And yet he fumbled the ball so often, and of course, famously with Bathsheba. He's on his rooftop, watching her on her rooftop take a bath, and pretty soon he's got some testosterone flooding his veins, and he's set up to uh, betray his own family and take her to be his sexual partner, and then he ends up murdering her husband. I mean, the whole thing is awful. And you have to know that that compromised the way he felt. He put on a good show for a long time, but deep down inside... He wanted some new clothes, but guess what? When you humble yourself, when you repent, when you ask God for forgiveness, he gives you new clothes, and David went to his grave with new clothes. Feeling clean, even though he had soiled the ones he had before. All right. Just some illustrations. Okay. Today, we've got a guy to talk about. Yes, we do, Jim. <laughs> this is a guy who needs a new wardrobe, I promise. Yes. Even though as he came into this world, he had some pretty spectacular things to wear. Yes, he did. His name? Samson. Samson. Whoa. <laughs> you know, Samson is a story that just grips the imagination. It's so filled with tragedy and triumph. I mean, it's such a high and a low kind of a narrative. The story is told in the book of Judges in the Old Testament. I think Samson was a real guy in real time, and I don't think the stories are just fanciful. I think they actually reflect his journey through this life, and oh, what lessons they can give us. You know what, Obadiah, as we dive into his story, I just want to remind our listeners that we're always glad to hear from you. And if you have a question along the way, maybe you would like us to pray with you. Maybe you have a comment to share about what you're hearing us talk about. Give us a call. Just dial this number. 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're by the phone, and we're so glad to hear from you. When we come back, Obadiah, let's open it up. Samson, yes. here's a story, not just from ancient time, but for Today. Obadiah Samson is one of those guys that there's something in him that I think most guys want to be like right? Because, yes. I mean, he's a command of his world. <laughs> yes, he is. I mean, you know, this is a guy who's famed for his muscle. That's his strength, his
1: he, body. I'm he, pretty sure he I'm had a physique. It was I, all there.
0: I'm telling you, he was on stage <laughs> and he knew it. There's yes. one thing about him was, not only did he know he had it, I think he was proud of it, and he was ready to let you know, oh, I Oh, he know. showed it off. Yeah, that's what we believe. <laughs> now, he's got a very fascinating story. You know, his parents... We're visited by an angel, and there was an announcement that you're going to have this boy. He's going to be one of a kind, and I mean, you know, he's set up from the beginning to be an extraordinary character. He's born to lead. He's got clothing that God is giving him undeserved from the get-go that says, you're going to have capacity, you're going to have strength, you're going to have persona and charisma. You are going to, by nature, be the kind of guy that other people follow, and it's a kind of clothing he has, and there's no shame in that. Right. It was from the beginning,
1: his purpose was established for him.
0: He was going to be one of the judges of God's chosen people. And in that ancient world, that was to be at the top of the totem pole, socially, economically, politically. The judges were kind of the government. And when people had a dispute, you came to the judge who was recognized as having wisdom and being able to solve the dispute. It, It was no small assignment. And he did it with this physical prowess you know nobody's going to mess with samson <laughs> he he doesn't have to just have smart words he has a physical presence, presence yes. that commands the stage and again there's no shame in that the fact that he's gifted in these ways for a unique calling all of that is something of which he could be proud in an appropriate way. But it seems like he kind of got off track. Don't, don't yes. you
1: read it that way? I mean... You do. I mean, it's almost as if you can be in it so long to where it can get to your head.
0: That's right. And he began, I think, to think he was the source of all of his greatness, and he stopped thinking about God's mantle of responsibility. So he had this clothing. I mean, he was suited up in the most magnificent way by God to do great things mm-hmm. for God and for the common good. But he starts taking his clothing, his gift set, and he starts channeling it into the pursuit of his own desire. I mean, there's a passage in uh, the early chapters of Judges, as his story unfolds, where you know he sees a woman and he wants to marry her, and he just you know he just won't rest until everybody does his bidding and everybody right. has to stand aside, and and he demands that this girl be his wife, and he throws everybody under the bus and. The families, both his own family and the girl's family are all intimidated and he gets his way, but it doesn't work out. He's going about the countryside and he's he's just wreaking havoc. He's showing off. He's proving that he's somebody because he's got muscle, but none of it actually seems to fulfill him, but all he can do, every step takes him farther down this road with, you know, all he can do is, is just satisfy what he wants. And every time he does that, but I think the clothing that God gave him, the, this kind of clothing of the soul becomes more tattered, becomes more stained. I mean, have you ever had a, a grease stain on your clothes? I've, <laughs> I've done this, you know, where you get a little mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is the worst. A little mayonnaise on your
1: tie or your shirt, it just does not come out. Right. Or, or you get a little tear and you're out in public <laughs> That's and you don't right. know what and, to do. <laughs> and
0: what are you going to do? And you're embarrassed, and and you begin to lose a little bit of your confidence. Or maybe you overcompensate by being just a little bit louder or a little bit more demanding as a way of kind of compensating for the fact that I'm actually ashamed.
1: Or try to hide behind it, Jim. That's right. And cover it up.
0: It's Samson. I mean, when I say that there's something in most guys who would like to be Samson, the truth is most of us are like Samson in the parts we don't want to be, which is we all know what it's like to get that stain, to get that tear, to just try and overcompensate. It's a mess up. But he keeps going on and on and on until he meets this gal named Delilah. Trouble. (laughs) Trouble. Well, Delilah gets kind of a bad rap, I guess, in history because she seems to be the person who betrays him. But truth be told, he is the maker of his own destiny. Yes. He's the one who grabs her up. he's the one who takes her to bed. He's the one who tries to dominate her. And she gets distracted, and there are some other voices in her world that are trying to get her to find out his secret, because everybody knows Samson has a secret. And the secret was given at the beginning, when he first came into this world, that he must not cut his hair, and that his strength, His prowess, his charisma, his capacity is hinged on his obedience to this boundary. Yes. And he never discloses it, and she makes it her ambition to find out, which brings us at last to what the text actually says. And Obadiah, I'm going to read to you first a few verses out of Judges chapter 16, and then I'm going to ask you to pick it up. But first up, let's read what the scripture says about Samson in Judges 16 verse 1. One day, Samson went to the Philistine town of Gaza and spent the night with a prostitute. Word soon spread that Samson was there, so the men of Gaza gathered together and waited all night at the town gates. They kept quiet during the night, saying to themselves, When the light of morning comes, we will kill him. You know, right here we have to acknowledge, Samson had enemies. He had enemies in his own community as well as outside of his community. And when you live like Samson did, you can't help it but have enemies. People detested him. They didn't like the way in which he always had his way. They were angry that he had so much strength and power. They didn't like the way in which he abused them. They're ready to do him in, and that's the story here. Oh, and incidentally, he just decides he's going to sleep with a prostitute because, you know what, his world is about him. But Samson stayed in bed only until midnight. Then he got up, took hold of the doors of the town gate, including the two posts, and lifted them up, bar and all. He put them on his shoulders and carried them all the way to the top of the hill across from Hebron. What this means is, he finds out about these guys trying to nail him down, and he's just going to stuff it in their face because that's the kind of guy he is. Verse 4. Sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah, who lived in the valley of Sarek the rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how he can be overpowered and tied up securely. Then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. I mean, this is the Powerball jackpot. Yes. <laughs> this woman now is being tempted by money. And she's thinking, Samson may be quite a guy, but you know, with all that money, I'll find another guy. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking that's what's in her head. And she's taking the bait. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me what makes you so strong and what would it take to tie you up securely? And you know what? He plays a little bit of a cat and mouse with her, doesn't he? Yes, <laughs> more he does, than once. He doesn't tell her the truth. No, she buys doesn't. a story yes. and then it doesn't work out and she tries again and tries again. And she pretty soon is getting fed up also with the fact that he's not being honest with her. Of course, she's not being honest with him either. But nevertheless, this goes back and forth. And here we have Samson, who's becoming enslaved to his pride. He thinks he's untouchable, and he's enslaved to his lust. He just wants the women that he sees, and he is off his guard because he's forgotten his first calling and why God brought him into the world in the first place. And now all of those things conspire to make him vulnerable. And so in verse 17 of Judges 16,
1: Obadiah, the die is cast. What what do we read there? (laughs) That he told her... All his heart, and said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more. For he hath told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in her hand. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man who had shaved off his seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him before Gaza. They bound him and bronzed feathers, and he became Grinder in prison. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven.
0: You know, Obadiah, what you just read is awful tragedy where in his weakness of vulnerability, he discloses his secret. He still doesn't understand what's going to happen to him. But boy, when it happens, you have to believe he now is really in deep water. And he knows he is. And he just has to be kicking himself. What was I thinking? Why did I give myself to this woman's entreaty? Why did I allow myself to become this way? How could I be so stupid? has to take the clean clothes God gave me and rip them up and be so soiled. And then he stood with shame, his eyes gouged out, this marvelous specimen of a person physically and in every other way when he was brought into this world, now destitute, broken, humiliated, forlorn, desperate, without hope, and clothed in the soul of his heart with the most shame that could be imagined. I mean, it's an awful predicament. And we might think, well, it's all exaggerated. Is this a Greek tragedy? Is this some kind of mythology? No, this is real life. And there's somebody listening to us today who knows about what I speak. Because you were given favor. You were given opportunity. And you squandered it. Yes. And now you think, what have I done? And you feel trapped in these old clothes. How do I get them off?
1: Yes. And it's almost there's a negativity that goes through your mind that you're worthless now, Jim. Exactly. Worthless and without hope. Yes.
0: I'll never be able to stand tall again because all my clothes bear witness to my mistakes. Ah, but in a moment, we're going to visit the rest of the story and see that even Samson, for all of his folly and foolishness, God's mercy will shine on him. This is what happens to Samson. This is the end of Judges chapter 16. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. O oh God, please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple. Pushing against them with both hands, he prayed, Let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. He killed more people when he died than he had during his entire lifetime. Later, his brothers and other relatives went down to get his body. They took him back home and buried him between Zora and Eshtal, where his father Manoah was buried. Samson had judged Israel for twenty years. What happens here is that as the Philistines humiliated their foe, Samson, they brought him to a temple of their god, Dagon, the fish god. They had celebrations and they made him a spectacle. They wanted to humiliate him further. They put him up on stage so people could just stare and laugh and point at this one man who once was so terrifying, now just putty in their hands. I mean, it was an awful scene, the wickedness and the depravity of the worship of this god and the way they taunted and tormented Samson. Well, you could argue that's the way he lived too. But in this last moment, he cries out to God. There's a certain humility about him. Oh, he's still kind of a hard-edged guy. He wants an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. This is his smallness of spirit. And yet there's something in him that cries out to God and said, Sovereign God, God who is sovereign above all things, have mercy on me. Just one more time, do I have a chance to wear some clothes that can make me an instrument for the good? Is there something I can do that is just and righteous? please, just give me a chance. Is there a coat you can put on me just one more time? I mean, you hear him crying out, I won't mess this one up, Lord. In fact, I'm willing even to die if I can die wearing some new clothes.
1: And it's amazing, Jim. God heard his cry and gave him the new clothes and gave him strength. Gave him strength to, at the last, leave
0: this world as an instrument of justice. It's a hard story, and it's a sad story, And yet there's something there in Samson's reclamation that should encourage all of us. So much of his life wasted, so many days that can't be reclaimed, so many relationships that were thrown by the curb, so many things that might have been, so many what-ifs. Yes, it's all there, and all of those things are still there for Samson. But he leaves this world for the next at peace with himself and with God. He has new clothes. And for everyone who's listening today, maybe you have squandered something. Maybe you've allowed yourself to become enslaved to sex like Samson, or maybe to some kind of drug, and you shouldn't be, and you know that it's ruining you, and you're ashamed of your life, but you just feel like there's no way I can get new clothes. I'm here to tell you no matter what your mess up, no matter what your failure, God is in the business of giving new clothes. What do you have to do? You have to cry out, pray, even in your desperation, even when you're on stage and everyone's making fun of you, even when you think the whole world is gawking at you in your misery. Just like Samson, you can pray and you say, Oh, sovereign God, have mercy on me. Give me one more chance, please, just once more. I promise you that God never turns away from a humble, contrite heart who approaches him in the name of his son, Jesus. When you realize that you can't work it out on your own and the only way you're going to buy new clothes is by accepting the covering of the blood of Jesus who died for you. He's paid the dues for your mess-ups and your bad clothing and he's willing to buy for you a new set of clothes, if you humbly ask God to reclothe you in Jesus' name, I promise you, your day will turn around. How to do it? Start right now and pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful today that you hear our heart cry. I know, Lord, that all of us have caused you grief. All of us have at times lived in a way that has caused you to blanch. I'm certain of it, Lord. You always want us to do right and to be right, and you want us to find life, and so often we run away. And then, Lord, you watch us as we take our clean clothes and make them soiled and dirty because of our own foolish choices. But, Lord, we also thank you for not just turning away yourself. You've got a whole closet full of clean clothes that you want to give to us if we'll just turn around and face you. And so we do. Lord, we admit our sin. We admit that we have soiled our clothes. We have stained them. We have torn them. And we should be ashamed to wear them. And so we are. But Lord, we also know that you are merciful and kind. And we thank you for your son who came into this world so that we could have access to a new wardrobe. And Lord, this year, this year, 2016, I pray that you will take off our old clothing, all the things that have caused us shame, forgive us of our sin and make us fresh anew. And now, Lord, clothe us fresh and clean. May we see ourselves putting our arms through that new shirt, that new top. May we see ourselves putting on those new pants, that new dress, those new shoes. May we see ourselves with a new scarf or maybe a new coat. May we know, Lord, that we can walk out with our head held high, not because we have earned it, but because we have received it from you. May we walk with confidence and be instruments in your hands for the good, Lord, because we have been clothed by you now. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Folks, if you'd like to know more about how you can get some new clothes, new clothes that can change your whole outlook on life, how you see yourself and how you see the world around you, if you want to know more about this God who has a wardrobe waiting for you, well, just give us a call. This is the number once more, 1 800 757 View. That's 1 800 757 8439. We're by the phone. We want to hear from you. We'll pray with you. We'll listen to you. We'll share with you. Obadiah, if someone did not want to give us a call but wanted to find us online, where would they look? CBHviewpoint.org, Jim. That's our web address, CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope, CBHviewpoint.org. Read about the ministry there send us an email. We will reply. Or if you prefer at the last, just send us a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up by phone, check us out online, or use the post, let us hear from you this week. Obadiah. If any man I know comes close to being Samson in the way he looks so fine, it's you, guys. All right. <laughs> Thanks for coming alongside today. I'm glad to be back, Jim. And we are so glad you tuned in and have listened to Viewpoint today. We hope you'll be with us again next week as we once more explore new clothes for all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast. This is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.